The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com. This is Barron's Live. Each weekday, we bring you live conversations from our newsrooms about what's moving the market right now. On this podcast, we take you inside those conversations, the stories, the ideas, and the stocks to watch so you can invest smarter. Now, let's dial in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another special Investors Business Daily installment of Barron's Live. It's Ali Quorum here. I'm multimedia content editor. And joining me today, we have Scott St. Clair, manager of IBD's Premium Products Group, back co-hosting Barron's Live with me. Great to have you, Scott. Thank you, Ali. I always like to be on these shows. They're fun. Yes, it's a lot of fun. So today we are going to be talking all about screening and setting up a screening routine. So Scott is the perfect voice of expertise for this topic. He's going to walk us through the Barron's value and momentum screen that we have in MarketSmith. So IBD and Barron's collaborated to create this screen. So we'll walk through the parameters that we have for that. We'll even analyze a couple of the stocks on that list in real time. We'll also go over where you can find the Barron's 400 list in MarketSmith. So another great place to find potential trade ideas. And we'll talk about how to set up a screen of your own. Because Scott, whether you are a super active trader, or maybe you you trade less uh, frequently, but you're still managing that portfolio and picking individual stocks, maybe you have a bit longer of a, of a time horizon. But screening is a very important part of the process, no matter what your trading personality is. I agree. Even if you're not actively taking all these potential ideas, it does give you a good idea of where the market is going, the shift in the market. Um, if you miss the oil and gas energy trade, which started real early this year, screening would have helped you spot that because those stocks, as they started to exhibit relative strength, and then a lot of those companies started to report quarterly earnings, uh, they start showing up on screens. And that's how you can stay in sync with the, the market because it's constantly ebbing and flowing with different groups and, and different sectors and different narratives uh, that are coming and going. And uh, screening is the best way that I know of to stay on top of that. Absolutely. So before we talk specifically about that value and momentum screen that we have in MarketSmith, it seems like a part of the routine, this is something that we've uh, talked about before, but having maybe a wider universe list just to get a finger on the pulse of the overall market and maybe that uncovers strength where you wouldn't have expected it to be. And then from there, you can really narrow down the list. Is that roughly a sort of strategy or an approach that you would recommend? Or if someone who's new to this uh, approach to stock selection, where would be a good place to start? Yeah, there isn't a perfect screen, unfortunately. So it'd be great if we just told you these are the, the, the 10 new market leaders or whatever. Every company slash stock has some kind of flaw where it could miss a screen. You know, maybe it makes eight of nine uh, criteria or 10 of 14 criteria. And I think you still want to have those stocks on the radar. So really want to uh, cast a wide net and then reduce that based on, you know, your own analysis. 
uh, I think you want to, you want to grind a little bit, you know, there is, there's nothing easy and anything worth having. It takes a little bit of work. And uh, I think Peter Lynch said, if you turn over 10 stones, you might find one gem. If you, and Peter Lynch is a former uh, mutual fund manager of F Fidelity. I kind of assumed everybody knew who he was. <laughs> I apologize, but most people do know uh, Peter Lynch, amazing track record when he worked at Fidelity. But if yeah. you turn over 10 stones, you find, you'll find one gem. If you turn over a hundred stones, you might find 10 gems. So I think you want to turn over a hundred stones. You, you want to grind and do the work and do lots of screening. And honestly, I, I really believe and have been practicing this for years and years and years, just one day a week, just pick a day, ideally on the weekend when the market's closed, uh, you're, you're less uh, influenced by the gyrations in the market day to day uh, and, uh, and do your screening and, and build your watch lists then. Mm hmm. I think that's a great place to start. And so for the Barron's audience, there is somewhat of a value bench or a growth at a reasonable price, reasonable price, which is why we created the value and momentum screen. So Scott, any more context you might be able to provide on the parameters of the screen as we dig in? Sure. So it's, it's trying to find quality companies, earnings, something of that nature, reasonably priced, whatever that might be, right? I guess that's subject to debate. But we also want stocks that are showing some type of relative performance. So we've combined those two. The RS rating, the IBD relative strength proprietary rating has to be at least 80 or better, which means it's in the top 20% quartile of stock performance going back 12 months. Uh, the PE percent rank is less than 25. So it's, it's less than uh, the 25% uh, of the, uh, the market's uh, overall PE rank. The price greater than 10, just something to keep, uh, you know, right. to filter out the lower price stocks. And then market cap and average volume. So it's, it's designed really to find cheap relative to the market stocks, but also with some type of relative strength. 80 is, is not um, too stringent mm -hmm. a relative strength characteristics. Ide ideally, I, like I'd prefer to buy 95 or better relative strengths, but you got to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, and this is, this is, uh, this is create your universe. Mm -hmm. And currently it's very small. The market's not great. As everybody knows, as we sit here today, there's only 31 mm -hmm. names. But it yeah. can expand, and I guess it could contract to less than 31. Let's hope not. That would be a bad market. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. Yeah, but it can expand as, as the names get better and the market gets better. More names move up. It could mm -hmm. expand to 50, 100 names, whatever it might be. Right. And uh, I'm going to pull it up here momentarily, and we will do our best to explain this uh, with as much visual aid as uh you know, least amount of visual aid for those listening later is what I'm trying to say. For the audio only podcast version of this later, we will explain to you what we are looking at. But Scott, you mentioned relative strength, and maybe that could be a way that you sort the list. Maybe you get the screen results. And if you want to look at the high RS stocks first, that could potentially be a way to sort. I mean, there's plenty of ways to sort the list, but I'll have you walk us through how to get there. So I'm sharing my screen now. I have it open on a chart on MarketSmith. So we're going to start from scratch of how you would navigate to this new screen. And that starts with opening this left-hand panel here. 
and then opening up this MarketSmith stock screens tab. And then if you scroll down, there it is, Barron's value and momentum. And then that opens up the bottom panel. But uh, before we do that, I actually made a copy of this so we can uh, look at the parameters. Scott, I'm sure there's uh, plenty of ways to do this. But as you were talking about here, we can see on the right with the summary of the screen, the various parameters there. So if you could go ahead and recap that for us once again. Yeah, so there's the RS that we talked about, the PE percentile rank the current price. And, and so these, this is a pre-built screen that you've now copied. You could edit this copy if you wanted. If you wanted more names, for example, click on the RS rating and make it 70 or something like that. Um, you, uh, if it got really large, you could even edit it the other way. So let's say there was right. 250 names in there. You're like, well, that's just too many. Then, uh, you know, I'd reverse edit, add an RS rating of 85 or something like that. So, but that's that's the way it's uh, currently built in the uh, pre-built settings. So you don't have to do anything if, if right. you don't want. It makes it real easy just to mm -hmm. click on it. The names will show down below. They'll show in alphabetical order. And like you mentioned, it, it's funny you said that because that's exactly what I did. I, I just clicked on one of those column headers, sorted it by relative strength. And, you know, CF Industries is the, uh, the first stock that comes up. Oxy is on there. Petrobras. Uh, you get the theme, right? Chesapeake mm -hmm. energy, uh, continental. So yeah. And so now that's the, that's where the money is flowing as far as strength in the market, six months, six weeks, you know, you fast forward and it could be different. And that's why screening is important to, to stay on top of that, that potential change. Mm hmm. Exactly. So we can go through some of these stocks here. So that's the other thing to keep in mind, even if you have a screen that, OK, these are ideas that uh, check all the boxes of things that I'm looking for, that growth at a reasonable price. It has that relative price strength. Uh, it's you know trending in the right direction. Well, you can't just uh, throw darts at a dartboard blindly. Then it comes down to, okay, what is that stock actually doing? And the market having that backdrop as well uh, in order to know if you should be putting these ideas into action. Yeah, the market is the, is the ultimate factor. It's, you know, it's hard to swim upstream. And so ideally you want the wind at your back with the market environment. Although this year has been a little bit unusual because mm -hmm. the market's is not been very good, but some of these stocks have had good years kind of contra to the market, but, right. but mostly <laughs> throughout history, you're going to want to have the, the wind at your back a little bit, or in at least not have uh, a headwind, you know, if the market's just going sideways or something like that. I think mm -hmm. you, I think you can find good ideas. There's always somebody out there innovating. There's always some company out there doing really well in a sweet spot in their industry or on a macro level. Um, so if you just don't have a headwind, I think you can find those stocks. Now the market's mm -hmm. been a headwind for you know most of the year this year for sure. Right. So the market, that's most important and something we've talked about on previous Barron's Live episodes in the archive. So would definitely recommend checking that out if you missed our chat on that. We've also talked about 
buying stocks, looking for proper buy points, selling into strength. Scott, that's the one episode that you and I did together earlier this year. Uh, so we won't get too into the nitty gritty on that, but uh, just a, a couple of things when it comes to finding proper buy points would be looking at where a stock is in relation to its moving averages, You know, making sure you're not buying extended as a stock has made a big move. But so for people who are more in that value mindset, maybe they're not thinking of buy points in the same way. So if that is that primarily, primarily, primary, what am I trying to say here? Primary <laughs> approach <laughs> that people are primarily trying to uh, use with their trades from that value perspective, what might be some good tips for them of where to find these proper entries that are still fitting their frame of reference perhaps yeah i i think from um, a standpoint of the value side if you're trying to buy that way then you probably want to buy much closer to the the 200 day moving average which is that black line right there or if you're on a weekly chart that would be the 40 week moving average and you know it we didn't cherry pick this it just happened they don't all work out this great but that would have been a fantastic buy on CF buying, you know, right there at $80, $81, somewhere in there off of that moving average. Okay. Uh, and you're, you know, you're up, uh, you know, 25% or so as we sit here, even after this, you know, a little mini pullback the last couple of weeks. So if you, if you like to buy like that, I think you want to buy off of moving averages, 40 weeks, uh, and then maybe the 10 week moving average. Uh, if you don't want to buy breakouts, mm -hmm. you know, then that's fine. It, it, everybody has a style. Charles, Har I watched IBD live this morning. Charles Harris talked about breakouts not working this year. And he likes to buy pullbacks like this. And fast forward two years from now, breakouts are going to be going crazy. And, you know, so it, yeah. it ebbs and flows all the time. I've been through right. this for 25 years, sometimes breakouts are incredible and, and you just, it just feels like they just go nothing but up and sometimes they, they get choppy. But so you really, I mean, it's a whole nother Baron's live. Hell, you got to yeah. have a strategy, right? Maybe the next one. Yeah. We can do that. <laughs> so yeah. find your strategy. Yes. And I think, and I've experimented with this. I'm not very good at it for sure, but I'm trying to get better the the CFs the the Costco's the Targets uh, what other some of those other uh, companies that I think about I think the best way to buy those those kind of mature bigger businesses is off of these uh, forty week or ten week moving averages mm -hmm. rather than buying breakouts I think the breakout yeah. probabilities uh, of are lower in that regard. I think something else important to point out, speaking of that momentum piece of a value and momentum screen, as you mentioned, is that relative strength. And these pullback buys off of those longer term moving averages are in the context of an uptrend. And maybe you do see a little bit of a bounce, a confirmation of that support at a longer term moving average uh, to get you in. What are your thoughts on that? I uh, wholeheartedly agree. It's very great, very good observation because we want to buy stocks that have shown they can make a move. And then if you want to buy the pullback, you know, do that as well. So a stock that's gone from 10 to 30 and then pulls back to 20 and then comes back through 25. You don't want to just assume it's going to stop going down right. uh, on, on a moving average because a lot of times they won't. 
And in the end, we believe in a loss cutting strategy. So no, no matter how you buy a stock, if you're following our rules, you have a plan to get out in case it goes wrong. Whether you buy a breakout, whether you buy a moving average, or you know whether you use the the the, the cube, uh, what's the the eight ball, the magic eight ball, you yeah. use whatever you want. Just have a plan to get out if if you're if you're wrong. I, I think that's the mm -hmm. that's the rule number one. Right. Yeah. We always talk about how hold and hope is not a viable strategy. Even if you do believe in something wrong term, uh, long term, maybe your timing was wrong. Maybe your timing was off and uh, you could be sitting on at the at the very least just, uh, you know, a, a loser or something that's gone dormant while you could have been putting your money to work elsewhere. So there is that opportunity cost element as well. Yeah, we call it dead money. You know, you yeah. can buy something and have it go sideways for for ten years, and in the meantime, you know, in a perfect world, it could be in other stocks that are working. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a it's a dance that we do with the market. You know, we want our money working all the time, but it's it's not always going to go. You want to be patient with the stocks to to have a big win, like CF to to mm -hmm. to to ride a stock from. 30 to 100, you're going to have to endure some wiggles. And, um, you know, admittedly, they're not easy. Mm -hmm. But it's always good to have that a position of to withstand that from a position of strength, being up on the stock, not, being, you know, down 20% first and hoping you can uh, come back from that. Yeah. The, the wiggle is with the, uh, the market's money versus my money, right? If I, yeah. if I ride something from 40 to 50, I ought to be able to watch it wiggle from 50 to 45. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to buy it from 50 to 40 and, and just say, well, I'm, you know, I'm being patient. I'm going to let it right. wiggle. That's, that's a little different. Yeah. So a little detour there from screening to talk about uh, position <laughs> management, but we, we can't help ourselves. It's just, yeah, they go hand true. in hand. Uh, so really quickly, before we talk about the Barron's 400, maybe we'll just analyze one uh, more from the list. And Scott, PBR, I know this is this is one that you are in at full disclosure. Uh, I am as well. But let's also talk about the qualities in this beyond the value and momentum that this has. So once you have this screen up, then you can look at other ratings and rankings and information, valuable information that also might help you in that decision-making process that might be good to highlight here. Correct. So this is a stock I found through screening. And honestly, I can't remember. It could have been this screen. I don't remember how it showed up on my radar, but it showed up uh, coming up the right side of that cup. And then it's like, oh, this is really strong in face of, of a kind of a weak market. Remember a couple of weeks ago, the market was going right. down almost every day. Uh, and so then, I, then it just comes down to proprietary ratings that we have at IBD. The EPS rating is 78. It's not as high as I'd like, but it's fine. It's in the, you know, it's top 20%. And then the composite rating, which is a great overall rating is 99 at the time, I don't know if it was 99, to be honest, but it was high 90s for sure. And so these things can help you make decisions. And then there's two things that really, well, there were three things that stood out. The strength in the stock in the group, it's in the right group. Mm -hmm. the, the quarterly earnings, look at the last couple of quarters. Look at the turnaround in earnings. You know, $2.78 versus $1.32 uh, 
uh, in the quarter end of June 30th. How about the quarter previously? Two dollars and change versus three whole pennies. So right. it's you know the the earnings gushers are on, and it, that's what moves stocks. Earnings. You need stocks with earnings. And then last but not least, you open up that related information panel and we're looking for sponsorship, right? So owners and funds. And there's my favorite mutual fund, which is Fidelity Contra Fund. And he, and I say he, Will Danoff is the manager. In, mm-hmm. in the quarter ended September, 2021, he didn't own this stock. He purchased 1.37 million shares in the next quarter. In the mm-hmm. following quarter, the first quarter of this year, 2022, he went from 137 to 775. That's a huge delta change in his position, right? He's starting to get conviction. I've heard him on podcasts before. He talks about like it's a poker game. I have a, a hand. If my hand gets better, I want to put more chips in the, in the pot. If my hand gets worse, I want to take chips back or check in this case and, do, and not put any more money in there. So his hand is improving with this stock. That's what he's saying by increasing his position that quarter. And then the following quarter, he increases it again. Mm-hmm. Now, not, not quite the delta, but he's still, he's adding, adding. to his winner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That gave me a lot of conviction in this stock. And so I, I had a really good position size for, for that move from, now remember this, this stock is adjusted on our chart for the yes, dividend. Yes, great to point out. Paid. But I think I paid, it, you know, pre-dividend, it went from like four, 14 to 20 or something like that. And once they adjust for the dividend, it's uh, 11 to 15 was the move, which is mm-hmm. pretty good. 25% mm-hmm. plus yeah. the dividend. The dividend hit my account today. Finally got it. There you go. At least one, at least one of them. <laughs> yeah, I think they, they split it up. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and then I think just another fun little tidbit, uh, it doesn't Danoff use, I mean, I know he's a big O'Neill, you know, Bill O'Neill, IBD's founder, uh, fan or, or follower. Do you know if he uses MarketSmith or maybe the institutional version of, uh, you know, a charting platform like this? Uh, I would be surprised if he used MarketSmith. I would not be surprised this is at the, all. Yeah, know. this is more retail Retail, yep. Yeah, but- Panerai slash Wanda, um, I would almost guarantee that he has used or uses that. Uh, he when when O'Neill celebrated their 50 year anniversary, there was a, a great video that the company put together. Uh, have you seen that video? Ellie? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. been a while, and, but yes. And yeah, Will Danoff gave Isn't a testimonial, it? which was really cool. And I don't know. I have a great Will Danoff story. I guess it just matters if, if we have time. Maybe go maybe, for it. I, okay, great. So I went to the uh, the MTA, which is the Market Technicians Association in New York, and I believe the year was like 2011, okay. uh, 2012. I was really new at IBD, and Market Smith was relatively new. We had just changed the product and changed the name from Daily Graphs. Mm-hmm. And a gentleman comes up to me and says, "What's Market Smith?" And I said, "You know." Investors Business Daily, who used to be Daily Grass. And he says, ah, uh, Bill O'Neill. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah. He goes, he goes, I work or did work. I can't remember if he did at the time. He no longer does. But he says, I work at Fidelity. Let me tell you a story. Because I was talking to Will Danoff. I was in his office talking to Will Danoff. And we were discussing a chart, a stock. And we were going back and forth on it. And Will says to me, let's see what Bill thinks. And they called up Bill O'Neill and asked him what he thought of that name. So 
roundabout way of telling you that, you know, Will definitely understands and values the process. Now, the Mm -hmm. way we buy and sell, he can't do that. I don't know. He's running, you know, tens of billions. Just can't do that. But the process of identifying winners uh, and, you know, earnings and sales and group strength and and relative strength, uh, I would guess, is fully ingrained in in how he thinks about stocks. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that is a great story there. Thank you for sharing that, Scott. So in addition to screening for value and momentum, you can also check out that sponsorship that might give you just a little bit extra conviction because following the big money is something that's very important to be doing. And you know we've seen that prove itself time and again in the market. So you're very dialed into what's going on on the sponsorship front as well. It's a big proponent. There is no, there's no make or break indicator. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing like I would never buy a stock if this, Yeah. but you know, it's a puzzle piece and you want to put that puzzle together as best you can make an informed decision and, you know, increase your probabilities ever so slightly. Maybe, maybe it's only a little mm-hmm. bit, but you know, over a lifetime of investing, a two, three, five, ten percent edge is monumental, um, and then if you're wrong, you, you you get out, and you know you may revisit that name again, but um, you, you you just rinse and repeat the you know, over and over and over, and just try to stay mm-hmm. stay on that course as long as you can. Absolutely, I'm going to share my screen again, and before we talk about the Barrett's 400 list, let's also talk about how you could maybe tweak this screen if you wanted to or, or use that to maybe riff off of and, and set up your own screen. So something that I see with a number of Barron's-minded investors, not to lump anyone into a category at all, that's not what I'm trying to do, but uh, even on IBD Live, I see a lot of people who are interested in dividend-paying stocks. So we, we talked about the dividend with PBR, so this screen also perhaps capturing a number of dividend payers but what if you wanted to add that uh, as a parameter to a screen or set up your own screen? Uh, might that be something of interest? Yeah, and you could do that. So you could change the, you know, we talked about very briefly the changing the value momentum one. But if you'd like, you can screen the Barron's 400 list. Uh, and so the normal screening is the entire MarketSmith database, which is roughly, you know, 5,000 plus stocks and mm-hmm. ETFs. But if you just wanted to say, okay, inside this Barron's 400 list, uh, show me the stocks that have a yield of 2% or more, something like that. And that's something you could build in the screen or you could customize that. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So we'll walk people through that first. You want to do that? Okay. Yeah. First, let's sure. show them the, the list itself. So you open okay. up the bottom panel, reports, stocks, Then we're going to scroll, actually we're going to, yeah, scroll down and then here it is, Barron's 400. Correct. So right now 396, so roughly 400. What would you be doing to sort this list? Would you also sort it by either composite or RS? I think either one. The entire list. Yeah. Yeah. I usually like to sort if the list is large. So if it was for something like this, I would definitely sort it. Uh, and, you know, comp rating is a great one or relative strength. I think they're all 
they're going to be very similar because part of the comp rating is relative strength, but I don't think there's, you know, however you prefer uh, to sort it, I think would be fine. Any of those ratings. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, uh, you know, same process there. You could just space bar through, take a look, see where that stock is in relation to its moving averages and depending on your style or your trading personality, see if it fits those parameters. And of course, know what the overall market is doing. So now let's go ahead and build that new screen, Scott. So walk me through that. I'm going to open up the left-hand panel okay. and then create a new screen, right? Yep. Perfect. Click on new screen. And in this case, it would be a, a new stock screen. We do have a mutual fund screener. Uh, okay, go ahead and name it. It's going to force you to name it. Okay. And then the, uh, the little pop-up here. So now you can see over on the right, it's just blank, right? And all of these folders uh, that when the dull orange are categories that you can choose to screen from. Just above that, Ali, it says screen from MarketSmith database. And you can see it's, uh, well, including ETFs and closed-end funds, it's 9,600 plus. See that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're going to change that. We're going to, uh, you, you, yep, go ahead and click on it. And we're going to choose the Barron's 400 instead. Yeah. So we'll navigate it to the, to the same, it'll navigate the same way as down below. Correct. It so, looks exactly the yeah. same. Yep. Open up those folders. And then here we go, Barron's 400. Anything else I need to click here before I hit select? Uh, yep, go ahead and do that. Okay, great. And then it should say instead of screen from our, perfect, Barron's 400. Mm -hmm. And now let's go ahead and add in the dividends. So that would be in the, um, uh, the margins and ratios portfolio uh, uh, category. Mm -hmm. It's the very first one, luckily, makes it easy. And just great. put in your min minimum criteria. So maybe yeah. that's 2%. Does sure. that seem reasonable? That's good. And if you want to max, you can. Uh, why would you want to max? Well, if a company is <laughs> it has a, di a dividend yield of 30%, and you know something's going on there, right? Yeah. So you can leave it blank if you want. But um, you know, if you wanted to input a... a what would you um, do, Scott? Um, I would just leave it blank. I would just okay. leave it like that. And your results are on the right. And you can see we've gone from 396 to 143. And Great. so in the Barron's 400, there are 143 stocks with a yield of at least 2%. They're going to show up down below in that list panel, uh, initially in alphabetical order, AbV, American Eagle, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then you could sort this list. Now, in this case, I might sort this by yield if I, you know, because that's what I'm screening for and just mm -hmm. bring the high yield ones to the top. Uh, that so I need to be, add that as a column. Um, it looks it should, like. It should have showed up, but yeah, maybe it didn't. It did for me. And so it, maybe it's the default. Okay. Um, so show me how to do that. We're going to open up this wrench here. Yep. And go to uh, customize column layout. Okay. And uh, go to the margins and ratios tab. There you go. Yield. Uh, yield percent. Just drag it down there and then put the arrow will show you where you're going to place it. So I'd place it more to the left. That way it shows up sooner. There, that's fine. And you can okay. play with this as well as how you move them mm -hmm. around, but then hit apply. Apply. <laughs> there it goes. Okay. So sort by yield. Yeah. And you should get golden ocean on top. At least that's go. what I got. Mm-hmm. 
And there, the, the, the yield is based on trailing 12 months of, of what they've previously paid. That's how we do it. It's not like their projected yield or anything. And so you can see that one's really high. Shipping stocks tend to, to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, reminds me of yeah. Zim, you know, right. Zim Holdings. Then there's mm -hmm. MSB, which is a, a, a mining ore, Eagle Bulk, Yuan, which is nitrogen fertilizer. And so on and so forth. So you now you just go through this list looking for ideas that that you know that you know it's got the yield mm -hmm. you're looking for. Now it's does it have the setup, uh, mm -hmm. liquidity, et cetera, that I'm looking for. Right. So CVR here, ticker UAN, that's a, a that's a pretty hefty yield, 15%. Uh, what do you think about how this stock is acting? I actually do own UAN, um, not for the yield. I don't tend to buy for the yield. The yield, if I get it, is a is a great nice bonus. A little cherry on top. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, so, but yeah, it looks like a great setup to me. It's acting really well, and you know, it's in the right area. Uh, energy slash, you know, fertilizers. It is, you know, like, and we'll go down the rabbit hole. There aren't no perfect. Aren't any perfect stocks. It's a little illiquid, you know, it yeah. trades 112,000 shares, $130 stock tends to trade with a bid ask of, you know, like a dollar and a half sometimes. And I think I talked about this on, on IBD live, you know, you, 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 you buy a thousand shares, you could be down $1,500 immediately based on the bid and ask. So yeah. um, something to consider, but that's, this is how I think about stocks. I look at all those things and then that will help me to that little mm -hmm. tidbit would probably help me to re, uh, consider my position size. And in fact, it, it is, you know, a little bit smaller than I normally like based on those factors. Right. Great tidbit there. And then also, in addition to maybe buying off of a bounce off of the 40 week, let's talk about some other strategies for getting into a trade. Uh, this stock was retaking the 50 day line right around earnings. So uh, maybe you could wait until earnings are out of out of the way just so that risk is off. It's retaking the 50 day in volume that earnings report is out uh, and then also pullbacks to the 21 day. Is that is that where you were adding or were you getting in when it was getting back above the 50 day spot? So the, the former is a great strategy. I love that strategy because it also gives you a really um, great risk reward setup. So if I buy it at a hundred, just to make the math easy for myself, yeah, it's basically right. um, assuming right it's going to get through that 50 day and run and, and, you know, now it's got free, free sailing, so to speak. Uh, if you did that, you've got 34% gain so far. And if I'm wrong, it, it, it's, it's, it's not going to hold that 50 days. It's going to come back down through it. So I can use a, a you know, mm -hmm. in this case, it's a little tougher to use a tighter stop, but I can get out at say 97 or 96 mm -hmm. because it didn't, it broke expectations. It didn't do what I thought it was going to do. It should run through that moving average once it closes above that and the volume is picking up. So I've got, uh, let's say a 4% stop loss, barring some kind of gap down unforeseen circumstances where my loss would be larger. I'm risking 4% for the chance to make, in this case, 34%. That's a really good risk reward ratio. Um, and also if, for the chance, who knows if it breaks out through 140, I'm, I might buy more. And if it runs and makes a new high to 165, 
you see your, your, the asymmetry of that is just so skewed in your favor. Right. You don't have to, you don't have to get these that often, you know, you don't have to, it's not like this has to happen. It's not like a coin flip, you know, where yeah. you have to be right every other time you could be right, you know, two out of 10 times mm-hmm. in scenarios like this and, and do really well in the market. Mm-hmm. A great walkthrough of that, Scott. Thank you. We could dig even more into this topic, but we'll have to, we'll have to save it for another Barron's Live. I do want to get to a couple of audience questions before we go. We always appreciate questions uh, from the audience. So Bob is asking, so this is, this is about what we were just talking about, where, where to buy. So if you do buy off of a bounce from the 40 week or the 200 day moving average, what would be the max pi- uh, price to buy at? Would it be 10% above the moving average, I guess it, it all depends on how much you're willing to risk, right? If you are using, if you buy off of a moving average, that assumes that what you were just talking about, you're using a decisive close below that as your expectation breaker. So that's where you would get out if you were wrong. Can you dig into that a little bit more, Scott? Yeah, I, I, that's too far for me. I wouldn't wait for it to move 10% yeah. above the moving average. I would already be in and yeah. And remember the way I like to do it and the way that we do it at O'Neill or or did do it at O'Neill and the way it's been classically trained is you want to add to the winner that that's working. Like I talked about with, um, Danoff and PBR. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to buy a probing starter, my first position buy one, whatever you want to call it, there's a million ways that, that everyone calls it, but I'm going to buy Yes, I'm going to buy a position and then I'm going to wait. And I'm, and if it starts to work, I'm going to buy more of that. It's going to be lesser quantity, but I'm definitely going to follow up every, almost every single buy I, uh, stock I buy. If it goes higher in price, even by just a couple of percent, I'm buying a second time uh, and then I will adjust my stop accordingly. So I think you're, if you're waiting for 10%, like total confirmation that it's bounced, you're going to miss part of the move and then you could get shaken out. So just if you, and if it's hard, if you, if you like, I don't have that problem now. I, I trade too much. I have no problem getting into a stock. I just. And getting out if you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I just get in and then let's see what happens. I just, boom. I like that. It looks good. Let's get in. Let's get a position. Hey, it's the market's confirming. I, I, I'll buy more. Uh, if I'm wrong, I take a small loss on a small position. Uh, some people might have the opposite problem. You know, they, they hesitate, they, they can't pull the trigger. So then just reduce your position size. If you norm, if, a, if the position should be a thousand shares, then, and, but you just can't seem to bring yourself to buy it, then buy 400, buy 300, mm-hmm. do something. Once you're in the stock, I think you'll find it a lot easier to, to buy more of it. That's the, that's the holy grail in investing, I think, is buying more, adding to a winner because it doesn't work all the time. It doesn't even work a lot of the time, but some of the time you get one that goes and goes and goes and you've added and you've added and you've added. And now you have a, a concentrated position in a stock that's really moved. Uh, that's how you can move the needle on your overall portfolio. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And especially if you are using something like a buy off of that 40 week line as your primary strategy, uh, we like buying as close to that moving average as possible. 
waiting for a bit of confirmation of that support, as you were saying, not just something that's going to con you know, continue slicing below a 40-week line, but starting to, to move above it. Uh, but if, again, if you are using that level as your stop, then you know, ha having that risk reward close to the moving average is uh, something that can be helpful, but it just, it just comes down to your trading personality, but that's something that uh, we like doing is, is making sure you're not buying too extended uh, from a moving average, Scott. Correct. I think 10% is extended from a moving average. Now I don't want to buy it the second it goes a penny above the moving average either. I want some type of confirmation. Ideally, sometimes I'll wait to the end. I do most of my buying actually in the last hour of trading really want confirmation the stock is strong that day uh and so when you know you on you look at that it actually closed on the very high of the day above the moving average the very next day it was up again and the very next day it was up again now the following day it was down but you, you it didn't, wasn't down more than where you first started buying right. um and even even your second buy wouldn't have gotten and then it went sideways for a little bit and then it ran from 108 to 139 so you never really underwater if you did it that way. Mm -hmm. If you bought 300 shares, 100 shares, 50 shares, you know, every 2% up, uh, your average cost would have always been below the stock. You never would have been in trouble and you could have participated in that. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you for that, Scott. We will get uh, one more question in. Ashwin is asking... Scott, is there a custom screen that you use? or So I guess your your favorite screen or maybe your favorite screening parameters. I know you run a lot of screens. So what would you say? Yeah, I have a, I have a lot of favorites. Um, I like RS line new high screens. Uh, we now have a, a parameter for RS line within 5% of new high, which I'm, mm -hmm. I'm playing with to try to kind of build on that. Uh, I, I have screens for just fundamentals. Show me all the best companies fundamentally. And then I will, um, you know, kind of filter them out based on when they start to show strength. So, uh, I guess if I had to, to pick one RS line, new yeah. high would be my favorite, especially in, um, in a poor market environment. It works. Mm -hmm. It works the best. It's just going to show you all the stocks don't want to go down. You know, they, the market could be down 20%. XYZ is down 12%. And to the untrained eye, that looks bad. The stock's down 12%. But when you consider relative to the market, it, that stock's beating its chest. And right. the RS line new high would, would help you identify that. Mm -hmm. That's a great point there. All right. Well, as we wrap Scott, what would be your final takeaways? I mean, there's a lot of different parameters that you can use to screen for stocks, but uh, you don't want to make it too complicated either. I think I think there might be uh, a sense of it could get overwhelming with all of the different um, you know factors that you could play around with. But what would be your your biggest tip for screening for stocks to fit your trading personality? Yeah, I think you want to cast a wide net, but it also you don't want to go in gangbusters and say, "Okay, I'm I'm going to screen for four hours. I'm going to look at five thousand stocks." 
I think you want to just sit down at your computer on a Sunday. That's the way I do it. And I just say, you know, I'm going to do this for an hour, no matter what I'm going to do this for an hour. Everybody can find an hour. I don't care. I've got two kids. I've got a job. You can find an hour, believe me. And then sometimes it, an hour turns into four hours because the market's just that way. And there's a lot of potential ideas and stuff like that, but not always. And so, but the, the routine, the consistency of it is, is what's vital. Like, you know, it's like going to the gym, you know, just Mm -hmm. get in there and just say, I'm going to stay here 20 minutes. And you know what you'll find a lot of times you're there longer than 20 minutes, but you don't know how many times I've said, I'm going to the gym. I'm only going to be there 20 minutes. I'm tired. I don't want to do this, but I, I just, it's habit. It's habit. Yeah, it's routine. Make yourself go. Yeah. Yep. And, so make and, it a routine, make it a habit. Yeah. And then, like you said, when market conditions are great, all of that hard work is really going to pay off because you aren't going to yeah. be looking left and right saying, Oh, I missed that one. I missed that one. You're going to be ready. That's so true. And believe me, I've experienced in 2009, I'm, I'm the, I'm a, I'm the base case for why you don't want to do this because I really fumbled the ball in the 2009 bull market because I was not prepared. I thought it was a bear market rally market had gone down so bad. And I was just beat up uh, from the negativity and just thought, Oh, this is just another bear market rally. And it took me almost the entire year of 2009 to kind of flip that switch and say, Hey, I got to get back on, get back to work. You know, there's stocks that are working. So you don't know. It could be today. It could be today. It could be the start of a new bull market. You don't know. It, it, it yeah. seems unlikely, but you don't know for sure. So yeah, be consistent, put that work in, and you'll have a huge leg up on, on everyone else who waits for the perfect confirmation that the market's okay. And guess what? The best stocks are, aren't going to wait for you. They'll be, they'll be long gone by the time it's obvious. Mm-hmm that, yeah. you know, you want to be invested. Right. Well, some great words to end on there, Scott. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today on how to set up screens, looking at value and momentum in the Barron's 400. We even sprinkled in a little a dividend filter in there as well. So that was a lot of fun. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, Allie. Anytime. All right. And thank you all for tuning in. Coming up next Monday, uh, Barron's is going to have Senior Managing Editor Lauren R. Rublin and Deputy Editor Ben Levinson discuss the outlook for financial markets as well as industries, sectors, and individual stocks. So keep an eye out for that. And we will be back next month with another special installment of Investors Business Daily on Barron's Live. So we will see you then. Have a great weekend, everyone. The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com. 